Welcome to the Nail Your Nutrition podcast, a podcast focused on training for endurance activity. I'm Sarah, a registered dietitian and toddler mom in the Washington, D.C. area. I write the blog Bucketless Tummy and focus most of my work on running and endurance athletes, as well as merging the principles of sports nutrition with the principles of intuitive eating. And I'm Marita, a sports dietitian and fellow toddler mom in Pensacola, Florida. I work with endurance athletes at my private practice, Eat to Compete. My goal is to help athletes learn to fuel their training with intuitive eating. We are two sports dietitians and moms here to break down the nutrition science to make training more fun and approachable for you. Whether you're a novice athlete, a weekend warrior, a mom trying to fit in a consistent exercise schedule, or a top finisher at big races, we want to help you understand the importance of fueling well. We're so glad to have you here and would appreciate you spreading the word or sharing this episode or podcast with a friend, family member, training partner, coworker, or anyone you would think would enjoy it. If you have a minute, please leave us a review wherever you subscribe to your podcast as that really helps the show. Now let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nail Your Nutrition podcast. Sarah here, and today I'm just going to be recording a solo episode. If you've been following along, Marita is still out on maternity leave. She had her baby a few months ago, and truth bomb here, we have actually pre-recorded all of the episodes that you have been hearing lately, re-recorded them probably back in January and February, and slowly released them so we would have some content, and we are out. So here I am just hopping on the mic in real time to catch you guys up to date. So I mentioned the update about Marita. So she is still out on maternity leave. She is not taking new clients right now. I am taking new clients. So if you're interested in working one-on-one with me, just follow the show notes or you can send me a DM at bucketlisttummy underscore RD. Another update about our Nail Your Nutrition self-paced endurance course. So we have a great group of endurance athletes in there right now. And some questions we've gotten in the past, we're just asking if we could make the modules available for individual purchase. And we finally did that. So now you can purchase them individually. And rather than buying the whole course, if there are some modules that maybe are pertinent to you or you feel like you have a good working knowledge of some of the other fundamentals, you can just buy modules specific to what you're looking for, whether it be hydration and electrolytes, fueling before, during, and after activity, nutrition for injuries, supplements, nutrition for the female athlete, plant-based diets, and more. So now you can purchase them individually. Again, if you head to nailyournutrition.podia.com, that's nailyournutrition.podia.com, and you can find more information there. And of course, if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to us. In other news, uh, we want to remind you all to leave a review for the podcast. That helps us more than you know. It is so, so helpful just for our podcast to show up for other listeners to hear and easier for other listeners to find, especially those who may be engaging in some dieting or disordered behaviors and they just need some help or education about fueling properly, which is what we seek to provide here. So if you have found value in this podcast, you enjoy listening to it, you subscribe and download it every week, please, please consider leaving a review. 
And as a token of our appreciation for doing that, we will raffle you into a free nutrition consultation with us. So your name goes into the raffle. All you have to do is leave a review, not just the numbers, but please leave some text as well. And if you do that, we will throw your name into a raffle. And if you win, you get a free consultation with us, no strings attached. So I think that's all I have for updates here. Today, I'm going to be talking about disordered eating behaviors that I see in many clients. I can't tell you how many clients come to me with some of these behaviors thinking that it's quote unquote normal, and this is just what the culture promotes, and this is what I think influencers, maybe those who do not have an education in nutrition, in non-diet nutrition, or even sports nutrition is, and maybe they are harmfully promoting this. So today I wanted to kind of bring some awareness to some of these behaviors that I see, but also show you what you can do instead of these behaviors. So kind of take you from what I see to where I want you to be. Okay. The first disordered behavior that I see in clients is under eating throughout the day. And why this is problematic, well, it's problematic for many reasons, but in terms of athletes specifically, is that that leads to a slew of side effects and things that are going to affect your performance. So under eating throughout the day, our bodies are smart. They're going to catch on eventually. And when they catch on, it usually leads to episodes of overeating or binging. Maybe that's you at night. If you've undereaten during the day, you might find yourself digging into ice cream or bag of chips and feeling like you just have no control or you can't stop eating. Or you're constantly hungry at night because you've undereaten during the day. These are all normal reactions, compensatory mechanisms from your body to try to help you and keep you alive. Because your body is going to do what it needs to do to get the calories necessary, especially if you are engaging in endurance exercise where you are burning a lot of energy. Your body is really just trying to bring you up to speed. And so whether you are trying to save your calories for later in the day, you're only eating at certain times of the day. Again, this is kind of following diets or some strict rules. Maybe you're only eating on the days you run far or you exercise or you burn X amount of calories, or maybe you're only eating quote unquote safe foods, foods that feel safe to you. All of these often lead to undereating, And this is so common in the endurance world because we think it is quote unquote normal. However, if you this does lead you to these episodes of binge eating, or maybe you're feeling guilty or shameful after eating foods that you've tried not to eat all week or foods that you deem as good or bad, or you're just not feeling well physically because you've eaten more than your stomach can handle at a sitting, so you just feel unpleasant and sick. This can impact sleep and workouts the next day, and then this can impact your mindset the next day because you've eaten more than you feel like you can handle. Now you feel like you need to go back into the cycle of restricting and undereating, and it's just an endless cycle that we can get into. Just know that your body is smart. It's going to give you signs of hunger, of wanting to eat certain foods because it is in an energy deficit. And there are many side effects that can be linked to an energy deficit. Injuries, poor immunity, getting sick a lot, feeling tired, right? Even if you're getting eight or nine hours of sleep a night and you're still tired, well, it could be that you're just not 
eating enough food. Your body does not have enough energy on board to carry out all of the processes that it needs to do on top of recovery and everything like that from an athletic perspective. Another behavior that I see is this good food versus bad food mentality, right? So this goes into labeling food as good or bad. This is very common, and I think this is normalized in the culture that we live in. The goal, at least when I'm working with people, our goal is to have all food on a neutral playing field, right? So whether you're eating a sweet potato or a steak or a bowl of ice cream, it's all just food because food is, it's just a thing. Food is inherently neutral and it really has no determinant on our worth, right? Our worth is not determined by what we eat. We are people. Food is food. In sports, now this is where things get a little cloudy. So in sports, we do recognize that certain foods have properties that will fuel our workouts better than others. And we can periodize our nutrition. I always have trouble saying that word which essentially means we can strategically eat those foods in and around workouts to optimize our performance and make our make our stomach, make ourselves feel better, okay? There's nothing wrong with that, with planning foods around workouts. However, the caveat here is that that doesn't mean that we need to keep these other foods off limits or label them as bad foods, Right? We can eat those foods at other times of the day. Maybe it's after a workout, after we've recovered, or maybe it's on an off day, or maybe it's a couple hours after a workout before dinner. Maybe it's just not before a workout because we know it won't sit well in our stomach. So this is where the gentle nutrition principle of intuitive eating comes in, which we usually work on later in the process. But I think the important message here is that Some foods can fuel you better than others, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that foods are good or bad or better or worse. It just means that you are in tune with what foods work for you, and your body knows which foods are going to help it feel its best during performance. And that is the goal of workouts and performance. We want to feel our best. We want to get stronger. We want to get faster. We want to PR, whatever it is. And I am all for optimizing our nutrition plans to help you do that. However, I am not all for labeling foods as bad or feeling guilty after eating foods or trying to instill, quote unquote, willpower or motivation to avoid foods or anything like that. I really want you to get to a place where you can eat foods that you enjoy and move on and feel okay about it. Another important part of this is just thinking about the mentality. So if we're coming from a restrictive mentality, We could be allowing ourselves to eat said food, but still restricting it mentally. And by this, I mean, I can only eat XYZ food if I exercise, or I'll only allow myself to eat two bites of this um, when your body's telling you it wants more, right? You are giving yourself physical permission to eat something, but we call this conditional permission, right? You're not at that stage where you're giving yourself unconditional permission to trust your body, to regulate itself. When you're giving yourself conditional permission, we still have this restrictive mindset. And our bodies are very smart. If we are restricting, we are going to focus on it more and more. It's almost like we hyper-focus on it. So there's a reason that if you're trying not to eat a cupcake, all you can think about is a cupcake. 
And of course, if you're putting it on this pedestal, you're going to feel out of control around a cupcake and you're going to feel guilty or shame if you eat that cupcake. So instead, again, there's a lot in the way of getting to the ultimate goal, but the ultimate goal is just to eat the cupcake and move on, right? I think an important thing to remember here is that all food breaks down into nutrients, right? All food. No matter what we're talking about, our body knows how to use it. It can only be one of three things. It can be a carbohydrate, it can be a fat, or it can be a protein. All of those break down into molecules that our body knows how to digest and absorb, right? Our bodies don't just forget how to digest sugar or process foods. They know what to do. In fact, I might argue that sugar and some processed foods can be great pre-workout because they're going to be instant fuel for your body and they are going to help you feel good during your workout if they are easily digestible. We talk a lot about all of this in our fueling in and around workouts module if you have more questions. Okay, moving on. The next behavior I see that is very disordered and I see in many athletes is just following fad diets or nutrition information from influencers. Oftentimes these influencers are not credentialed providers. Maybe they don't even have a nutrition degree. I think it's important here to recognize that there's a difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist, and Marita and I have talked about this in earlier episodes, but recognize that fad diets are meant to be temporary, hence they are not providing you with lifelong skills or maintainable nutrition habits. No one can follow keto for life. It's too strict and it's not enjoyable. I don't care what you tell me. If you are not eating carbs, you are not going to be happy. Keto was meant to be a solution for epilepsy in children, and look at what diet culture has propagated it to become now. It's sick, okay? Low-carb diets, those are not meant to be for athletes, and another thing with diets is they really lead to a skewed relationship on food. I mean, I can pretty much say with certainty that 99% of the clients that come to me with a disordered relationship with food is because they've been on a diet. They've restricted. They've tried to restrict. And they weren't successful. That's why they come to me. Diets do not work for 95% of the population. I have some helpful blog posts that I've written on this that I can link to in the show notes about that. But essentially, they're going to lead to this good food, bad food mentality because Whatever diet you're following, there's going to be quote-unquote rules about which foods you should eat, which foods you shouldn't eat, and that's really going to play with your mental mindset. Furthermore, fad diets, restriction, it's just going to leave you feeling sluggish. It's going to leave you missing nutrients, especially nutrients that are important for performance, and your diet will not be optimized, okay? So the end product with fad diets is usually changing our body. That's usually the end goal. That's what diets promise. That's this false promise of diet culture. And it's really a thin privilege vision, if you will. I mean, all of us want to look like the thin white runner that you might see on the cover of a magazine, okay? And that's not realistic for a large percentage of us. It's really, really important when this is the end goal that we really spend time working on body image work and bodies changing and exposing yourself to different bodies, different sizes, different cultures, different color bodies, right? Different 
shapes and sizes to see that body size does not determine performance in athletics. Another disordered eating behavior that I see is going too long without eating. There's a few instances where I see this. So first of all, it's with people who may not recognize or understand their hunger cues. So maybe they're only thinking about hunger manifesting as a physical growling in the stomach or that physical sensation that you feel pit in your stomach when you feel hungry. But they're feeling tired throughout the day. They can't concentrate on their work. They keep thinking about when they're going to eat their meal next. These are all signs of hunger too, right? Like loss in energy or high to low energy levels, just feeling fatigue. Thinking about food constantly is a main hunger signal. Not being able to concentrate. The reason for this is your brain runs exclusively on glucose. If it's not getting enough food as often as it needs it, it's not going to work properly. You're going to have some brain fog. You're going to be tired. You're not going to be able to concentrate, okay? So going too long without eating, especially for athletes, can lead to that binging and overeating that we talked about earlier. But also, of course, it's going to impact your energy and your workout. Of course, you're going to feel sluggish and heavy. Even the act of skipping breakfast or not eating enough earlier in the day for, say, a later workout, that can impact your later activity. And I'll include the study that just came out about this saying that skipping breakfast or not eating enough earlier in the day can impact workouts later in the day. So it's so, so important to have a schedule of eating. And if you're someone who is still trying to tune into your hunger, that's okay. Maybe for you, we set times to eat. And we really try to work around your schedule and eat every two to three hours. Maybe we work on eating more at instances where you are feeling hungry. So when you do have that hunger, let's capitalize it. Maybe we add in a bedtime snack. Okay. There's so many ways we can do this to really train your body to feel hungry every few hours. That's a good thing. If you're not feeling hungry every few hours, you could be eating more than you need to at in sitting and that might not be sitting well with you. Your hormones could be messed up. There's just so much that can come into play with going too long without eating. Your blood sugar will be dysregulated, your energy levels, everything like that. I have a free download that I'm going to put in the show notes here. If you're listening, um, it is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash sports nutrition fueling. Again, I'll put that in the show notes, but it's a hunger scale that's geared towards athletes. So it really tells you when to eat in and around workouts and how to tune into what these signs from your body might mean in terms of needing fuel. Along the same lines of not eating enough or going too long without eating is not eating enough carbohydrates. So funny that I bring this one up, but this culture that we live in tends to demonize carbohydrates. I mean, why? Why are they the demon? They are literally the gas to our cars. They are the fuel for our body, the quickest way that we can energize ourselves, the best way to fuel our brain, and the best way to fuel activity. So I was actually just a guest on a recent podcast about this, and I'll make sure that I share with you guys when it comes out. And we were talking about why carbs have such a bad rap and where that came from. I think it came from just this diet culture that we live in and people associating carbohydrates with 
only sweet foods like breads and cupcakes and and cookies and desserts and everything like that. And yes, those are carbs, but so many other foods are carbohydrates too. If you're talking about fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, dairy products. I mean, so many foods have carbohydrates and there's a reason for that. Our body needs them in the largest percentage of its diet. So not eating enough carbs, just remembering that carbs are energy and they are going to help your your run, your bike, your swim, whatever it is, but they're also going to help your recovery. They're going to help you preventing you from hitting the wall, help you stay hydrated, help with your immunity, help with your hormones. There's just so many benefits to including carbs and normalizing carbs that that's where I think we need to get to. Also, without mentioning the nutrition, carbs are the main source of fiber in our diet. And there's so much about the microbiome right now and probiotics and how fiber and probiotics in our gut can impact performance. There's a lot to be done about this. I was actually just watching a webinar about how they took this, this sounds gross, but they took probiotics or microbiome, live bacteria from stool samples of marathon runners and found that these people after running a marathon had a high amount of bacteria that could break down lactic acid. Why is this pertinent? Lactic acid is usually what we associate with fatigue in our muscles. We hit that lactate threshold. So what would it be like if we had some bacteria who could break that down? Could that help our endurance? I don't think we have conclusions on that yet, but there's so much cool research going on about this. And carbohydrates are the main fuel of prebiotics, which fuel our probiotics. So prebiotics, when we talk about bananas, asparagus, Jerusalem artichokes, um, soy products. So things like that, which most are carbohydrate based, are going to fuel that gut microbiome or the bacteria in your body, those microbes. So eating enough carbohydrates is really important for our microbiome and our gut health. So I've kind of listed out the five, um, I would say the five main behaviors I see in clients for disordered eating. This is not an exclusive list by any means, but before I conclude, I also just wanted to talk about, so what can you do instead? So I've listed out sort of the, the skeleton of what not to do or some of the main challenges and pitfalls that I'm working with clients through. So what can you do instead? Well, as you can guess, I want you to eat consistently, right? I want you to include snacks. Snacks are often villainized by diet culture, but really they're necessary. They are necessary for athletes and active individuals in and around workouts. They are always important for even short workouts, recovery, um, keeping your blood sugar stable, practicing your fueling. Even if you're not going out for a long run, you can practice a pre-workout snack on a shorter run to train your gut. Learn to honor your hunger and spot it. Again, this is something that can take some time, especially if you're coming from a past of an eating disorder or disordered eating where you've really been restricting and you've really silenced those hunger cues for so long. I really want you to tune into what hunger feels like for you. If it's not a physical manifestation or growling in your stomach, that's okay. What does it feel like? When do you start to lose concentration? Maybe you start thinking about what you're going to have for dinner, or maybe you're focusing on a smell or a memory, or you're tired and you need to go take a nap. All of these can be signs of your body asking for more food. So I think it can be really beneficial if you learn to tune into those. 
honor where you're at, right? A lot of this takes a lot of time. I don't expect this to happen overnight. It's a lot to throw at someone, especially coming from this diet culture that we live in. I'm all of this takes time and I'm I'm asking you to make basically a complete 180 from what you think is normal. I get that. That's why I'm here to provide as many resources as I can to help educate you on the benefits of seeing things my way. I want you to include adequate off days if you need to, okay? There's nothing wrong with taking days off and we need to normalize that. If you're not eating enough and you're out over exercising every day and you just can't eat enough to support that activity, well, you need to do less activity, right? I'm just going to say it bluntly. A lot of us are out there killing ourselves. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not eating enough. We're stressed out. Our cortisol stress hormone is through the roof. Not including enough off days or cross training can really be hurting your your training, but also your nutrition and your well-being. So um, if you're working with a running coach or someone who's taking your individual needs into consideration, great. If you're working with a dietitian, great. I always, always advise and advocate for that. What else can you do instead? You can start thinking about nutrient timing. So optimizing nutrients and absorption, right? So we talk about this in the course and we're actually hoping to have a guest come on to walk us through this in terms of when our body can best digest, absorb, optimize nutrition. When should we have things in and around activity? What nutrients impair absorption of others? When is our body most receptive? There is so much fascinating information about this. Um, For example, hepcidin is a protein in our body that can impede iron absorption and it rises an hour, starting three hours after a workout. So the best time to take iron would be right after a workout, 30 minutes to an hour after a workout before that hepcidin rises, right? But if you're on a plant-based diet, well, you want to take iron with some sources of vitamin C to enhance that absorption. So there's just a lot of nutrition that needs to be personalized to your goals and your lifestyle. And a lot of that is, again, this is, we're still in the infancy with research with nutrient timing, but it is fascinating on the difference it can make. So I hope you found this episode helpful. I thought it would just be fun to just touch base and share some of these, especially since I see them all the time. Please consider leaving a review if you haven't, and don't forget to download that free hunger scale. You can get it at bit.ly forward slash sports nutrition fueling. And again, I will put that link in the show notes for you. Until next time, happy fueling. That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review so others can find it more easily. You can also stay in touch with us by joining our Facebook group, Nutrition for Runners. If you have any requests for future episode topics and more, email us at nailyournutritioncourse1 at gmail.com. Happy fueling! Happy fueling!